Blog Talk Radio. There is a chance for the President of the United States to use this disaster to carry out what his father, a phrase his father used, I think, only once and hasn't been used since, and that is a new world order. New world coming. America will become increasingly vulnerable to hostile attack on our homeland. And our military superiority will not entirely protect us. Not protect us. Americans will likely die on American soil. And I believe it will also be said of this age, the first decade of the 21st century, that out of what is, will be seen as the greatest restructuring of the global economy, perhaps one even greater than at the time of the Industrial Revolution, a new world order was created. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations, a new world order. Now, get ready to enter the zone where real life is stranger than fiction. The place where the news may seem like a dream, and the dream may be a matrix of reality. Let us now expose all lie of the devil and bring to light all the secrets of the enemy, because God truth will set you free. John 832. You're listening to This Week in the Zone with your host and watchman on the wall, Phil Armstrong. Hello, welcome to the Prophecy Zone. This is Phil Armstrong, and we are going to be talking about Bible prophecy today. Uh, Vladimir Putin met with uh, Netanyahu, and it's just set up for a major confrontation in the Middle East, but we'll talk about that in a few minutes. We know that uh, Vladimir Putin. Uh, seems to want to assert power in the Middle East, kind of like the United States did. Back in the day when the war first started, actually practically in 91 was the first Gulf War when George Bush Sr. was there. Um, it, it seemed as though the Soviet Union was out of the, the way at least the Berlin Wall just fell down a couple of years prior to that. And so now we have what is called a new Russia. It's no longer so what no longer the Soviet Union. But see now the West had to deal with a Russia that was on the rise. And this can never happen with a weak president or a president who has other agendas other than the security of both Israel and the United States. Now, keep in mind, Israel is not the United States. But over the last century, we had Israel's back. We even had a president who, well, a couple of presidents who was responsible for the rise of Israel, the creation of Israel as a nation. And that was Harry S. Truman who signed uh, that Israel will become a nation again. So now we have Vladimir Putin asserting himself in the Middle East. And I always thought this would happen. I always thought that Vladimir Putin will end up or the Russians or the Chinese will end up going into the Middle East because technically I don't think the uh, Russians respect 
the president of the United States, uh, Barack Obama. And I also think at the same time that they were envious of George Bush because George Bush would just go in, you know, and, and take over these nations. And, and Vladimir Putin knows not a little was inside job. And he, yeah, he was somewhat envious. And that's part of the hooks that is forming now in the jaws of the Russian Confederacy. So what's going to happen? I don't know. But I do know this. We don't know a lot of things. We're looking through the glass half dimly. Um, I have some jars upstairs in my kitchen, and I look through them. I can barely see through them. And then there's some, you know, other cups and glasses that I can see through. I can somewhat see through a bottle of water because I got a bottle of water right here. Bottle of water, I can barely see through that also. But we see through the glass half dimly, meaning we don't understand things that is going on. A lot of us was looking for Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, to be the day that Christ returns. And um, I am convinced now more than ever that it's more exciting to not know when he's coming. But at the same time, to know when you're in the season of him coming. Now, when people say season, pretty soon it's going to irritate the heck out of me if Christ doesn't return quick. Because the the word season can be 50 years. The word season can be 10 years. But when I say season, I mean like a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of months at the, at the most. I don't mean 25 years. Of course, we still was in the season when Israel, Israel became a nation again. Now, what did it say in the Bible? It says, that we are more closer than when we first began to talk about this stuff. So stay encouraged, folks. We are days away, years away, a year away. My best guess is we're still days away. We're still minutes away. I'm thinking that it's a better shot. It's a better deal to know that Jesus Christ can come back at any time throughout history for that generation and for the generation who will be here to see Christ's return. I don't want to, the only reason I would want to know exactly the day and hour, which no man knows, is to get my butt right, not that I can party like it's 1999. But there's a lot of people out there who don't even believe in the rapture. And those are the people we need to confront and and talk about and talk to before it's too late. Or is it? Should we actually be talking to these people who don't believe in a rapture? Should we just give them a warning and then whatever happens, happens? Well, I heard people say over the course of the last 20, 30 years that we're looking for the Antichrist. We're looking, who is he? We want to know who he is. I don't want to know who he is. 
But see, when you get into a position where you're looking for Christ to return in a specific moment, in a specific day, then he doesn't return on your day. It becomes dangerous because if you was expecting him to come back that much, then you might walk away. So that's what I want to talk about today a little bit. And I was going to read from Luke 18. And uh, we're going to do a quick prayer right quick. We're going to just say to the Lord, just thank him for this day. And then um, pray that he'll bless the message today. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your opportunity to come before your throne, God. And we just rely on you, Lord Jesus, and nothing else. We know that our uh, sufficiency comes from you, God. We depend on you for every word that we speak, Lord Jesus. We pray that you would clarify this word and bring it to the audience, and that you would touch each and everyone who's listening. And then we pray. Amen. So, do we all understand one thing? I was telling my wife this. I was telling her, I was saying, honey, our, we who are watchers, who believe in the future of rapture, believe even I can even narrow it down to those who believe that the, the, the Feast of Trumpets was going to be the day. I think we do that because we want to have some clout while we talk to other people about Christ and have them believe us so they can repent. In other words, when we tell them something's going to happen and it happens, it gives us more strength, strength and leverage to proclaim the gospel. Okay. I'm trying to walk and chew them all at the same time. Okay. The fear that I have is that because of the sleeping church and those who are asleep in the church, the Laodicean church, the church that believes that God is here to give them stuff and ignore God throughout the time that he's not giving them stuff or continue the cycle of wanting him to give them more stuff. And, and the Bible says that uh, gain is a sign of, that, you know, people believe that gain is a sign of uh, godliness. When you start to gain, you start to get the new car, the new job, the new, you know, you're rich. You got five rings on both, you know, all ten fingers. You got ten rings. And you you got the cat with gold teeth. You know, that type of stuff, you know. I'm just exaggerating. But, yeah, I mean, the Laodicean Church sees God as a sugar daddy rather than a savior, a Lord, who they need to obey. I had this lady tell me, she says, we don't have to submit to God. I didn't even say nothing to her. I didn't even try to confront her. I just told her that because I had a tread on her wall. I did a video. 
I did a po- I had a post on the, on her Facebook group, I guess, and I just told her to take it down. I didn't even fight with her. I could have just threw up the one, you know, one verse where it says, "Submit yourself to God, or resist the devil, and he'll flee." And that's in James, I believe. And um, I just thought it was just waste my time. Y'all probably say, "Well, listen, we should always never give up on you know." There is a time when you give up, when you just say this lady is gone. I mean, she said some other stuff in the tread and just make me just think. And then I had this another lady that I had to unfriend, literally. Um, every time I would throw up a a a uh, post, and they don't have to be mean or nothing. It can just be, you know, well, I guess you the way you look at it. Uh, anyways, here was a picture of, of some ladies in a bar and it said uh, this is not what how Christians should act and she's like well we are not to judge you know I, I, I said a couple of words she left me alone after that but then um, I, I had this one church that's a nudist church and, and yeah I'm saying it right a nudity church is a church that people don't have their clothes on I mean, come on, y'all. And um, she's like, I'm not mad at him. I'm like, are you serious, lady? I have a whole bunch of flies. I call them flies, Facebook flies or YouTube flies, but most of the time Facebook flies who uh, land on your tread just to tell you something. Now, some of, sometimes I, I, I keep the flies around because I keep a fly or two around because they keep me in check. Well, they still, you guys say, well, that's mean to say it that way. Well, I call them flies. They, even the brothers and sisters in Christ, I call them correctors. They come in and correct. I, sometimes I keep keep it balanced. I had this one sister come in, and she's so livid about date setting. And I let her come in because she keeps me, you know, she keeps me kind of honest. It's kind of like having a corporation and you have somebody come in and they keep you honest. You know, you, you hire people who want to, you know, want to tell you what you want to hear, then those people you need to fire. But, yeah, there's other flies that come on. I just kick them out. I just kind of unfriend them. You know, it just, it just, it's just up to my judgment. And it'll be up to your judgment, too, if you have somebody to unfriend. But, anyway, I got way off subject. But um, in the days of Noah... Men were eating and drinking and getting in marriage. They were just doing business as usual. And um, when the rains began to come, and you know, Noah was already in the ark and the door shut. And so, likewise, the days of Lot. Lot came in, you know, Lot left the city and. When he left the city, the rocks started coming down. The judgment started falling. And God said in the last days it would be like that. and It will be just like that. It will be a surprise. Luke 21 uh, talks about, uh, you know, judgment should come on the world like a snare. And then, and, and then Luke 21 handles it the same way. Luke 21 handles it the same way. Uh, I'm flipping pages. Excuse me. Sorry about that. Luke 21 handles it the same way. Because uh, Matthew 24, 
So when it talks about Noah, and then it says that Luke 18 talks about Lot's wife, and then it, and then here in uh, Luke 21 verse 34 it says, "And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with suffering, drunkenness, and the cares of this life, and so that that day come upon you on a word." <laughs> Excuse me. The cares of this life. It's, it's not a crime to take care of the cares of this life, am I right? So let me let me talk about sports fans for a minute. Uh I'm a Detroit Lion diehard fan, I guess you want to call it that. And the Lord's been speaking to me, the Holy Spirit's been working on me about the commitment that I have towards Christ. Um I watch, you know, I don't have a game here. I don't have Dish Direct TV. Direct TV is where you can watch all the football games at once, and you have this box of like 16 games, and you can just push a button, and you know your game's on. Anyway, the Lions played when the Sunday lost twice, and it used to be a time where we would ruin my whole week, and now I just don't really. I mean, I care, of course, but. It doesn't even ruin my a half a day, let alone a whole week. Because I put everything in perspective. First of all, I don't get paid for it. Second of all, it has no eternal value whatsoever. I can I can burst a lung that day or burst a, a vein in my head trying to be upset about, you know, football team that's not going to be together in four years. Isn't that kind of ridiculous? Anyway, the Bible talks about the cares of this life. Cares of this life can be bills. It can be getting married. It can be marrying somebody, you know, giving somebody away. It could be going to college. It could be going, you know, building a, you know, apartment complex for your real estate company. It could be anything. And God does not want us to be over by any of these. Matter of fact, he wants he wants the attention to be focused on him. So if you are a businessman, you'll be a better businessman. If you are a husband, you'll be a better husband. If you are a teacher, you'll be a better teacher. Whatever you take to do, you gotta be a better at that. We're still on a struggle, you still are still gonna have issues, but you can you're not gonna struggle. See the the thing that gets me is when he says, "For as a snare shall it what what is it judgment come upon the whole world a snare is like a trap, and see people are doing daily business as usual, looking for the n f l season and and sending their kids to college and sending and getting kids ready for school and doing all kinds of things. But the Bible says, remember Lot's wife, Luke 17, 30, 32. Remember Lot's wife because Lot's wife actually got out of the city. It's not like she turned around and then went like five miles and then turned into a pillar. So she turned around for a split second and looked at the city. Now, here's for some of y'all who thought that, you know, Jesus would have been here five years ago. 
kudos to y'all for having endurance to keep going because it's God that gives us endurance. But for those who turn around and walk away because they didn't think God was going to come, remember, it's going to sneak up on the whole world. You're not going to know. So Luke 21, excuse me, Luke 17, verse 32 says, remember Lot's wife. She turned around. She just glanced at it. Where's your heart? You have to to ask yourself the obvious question. Are you totally committed to Christ? I have a coworker that's always looking for a girlfriend. I mean, I can understand, you know, he's, he's single. He's always looking for a girlfriend. And um, that's the cares of his life, believe it or not. Anything that you can put under that, anything, anything, you can dig in your nose in the corner of the Himalayas, and that's the cares of his life. Anything that you put before God is the cares of his life. You care about it. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, to set your affections on things above, not on things on earth. Now, I didn't say leave the earth, but set your affections on heavenly things. Of course, he did say love your neighbors yourself, so that's not avoiding things. It's not avoiding your family because he says that anybody does not take care of their family, they're, they're considered a uh, heathen or whatever the word heck he, he said that he used for that or a considered um, man, what's the word for that, man? I forgot the word. I'll think about it in a minute. But you have to take care of your business, pay your bills. You're not always going to be on time, and you're not always going to be perfect, but you should set out to be perfect for your heavenly father. It's perfect. Now, the Bible talks about being holy, for I'm holy. Now, remember Locke's wife turned around. See, people want to get ready because they think Christ is coming back. But then when they feel like, oh, man, he's not coming back. You know, some foolish, you know, version with no oil in their lamp tell them, oh, yeah, he's coming back in 30 years. Really? I don't know how long it's going to be. I mean, I don't know how short it's going to be. I love it. My son told me in the the car, he had no reason to tell me this. He tells me when I shut the door, I had him in the back seat. I was shutting the door. He's like, Jesus, before he shut the door, he's like, Jesus, come back. And, and then he gave me his finger. He put his finger up and he said, this, 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 then. And, it, you know, ain't no space between him, barely. He's like, this, then, you know. And we, we we talk about Jesus coming back, but he yesterday he said, coming back in a few, really quick. And I just shut the door. I was like, you know, and I wasn't saying, yeah, 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 yeah. I was just like, hurry up, you know, get in the car so we can get to school, get to get your school. But that's been on my mind all morning. And then when he was saying that, I felt God's presence. So, you know, it could be a year at the most. It can be three years. But I don't believe it. I believe it's soon. Russian army inside of Syria, building up for what could be Ezekiel 38 and 39, which is an invasion 
from Russia's coalition of nations brought into um, Israel. And is it a coalition of the willing? I would say so. Especially after uh, Russia has funded most of the buildup in the Middle East. <clears throat> yeah, I would say yes. It is a um, buildup of the willing. So we have to be on our P's and Q's and watching for the heavenly door, the heavenly call of Christ. And people think it's foolish. We got our scoffers. We got our scoffers out. They out on Facebook. They out on YouTube. They out on Instagram. They everywhere, all over the Internet, all kinds of websites, scoffing. Where is the promise of the Son of God since the forefathers fell asleep? And most of them are in the church. I have a Bible study every Tuesday I go to. And at first, about a year and a half ago, I brought up, you know, that we were reading Luke. About a year ago, actually, I was reading Luke, and they were laughing at me. Luke 21, ho, oh, oh, ho, oh, ho, that's just, that was already done in 70 A.D. Ho, oh, oh, ho, oh, ho, you know, ho, oh, oh. ho. And then they did it again, which I, I kind of like, I wasn't even bothered by it. I was like somewhere else. I was like thinking about, I don't know what I was thinking about. I was thinking about what I'm going to do when I have to get home. My kid, son, I don't know. I don't remember, but they were like laughing. I finally caught, I kind of like woke up and finally figured out that they were like, yeah, some people think Jesus Christ come. But now you probably say, why you go to Bible study like that? You know, we don't, I I, I guess I have no answer for it. I, I, I go because they believe, they're believers. But here's my point about being believers is if the devil is out, and the devil is seeking someone who that he may devour. And I myself have to dodge bullets every five seconds. How much more are they dodging bullets or unless they just got, you know, a hot iron sheared on their head and they reprobate? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying all of those guys. I'm just saying, a, you know, a few of them. I don't like going into detail because I just opened up more can of worms. But some of these cats, man, some of these guys, some of these people, <laughs> I mean, I know the sexual issue coming up. I used to have that until the Lord delivered me. I can actually say the Lord delivered me. I mean, I feel bad for most people, and, you know, I would love to just have a radio show just pertaining to sexual addiction. Because when the Lord sets you free, he sets you free. He even sets you free about the pattern of your thoughts. Because the Satan will try to bombard your thoughts. And if CERN is open, which is a Giant machine, sort of like an atom smasher, but about 20 times bigger. They say it can open up a, a porthole to the, another dimension. Some people probably laughing. 
but my listeners probably laughing. I know I got my share of laughter from people until the thing comes true and then no one was laughing no more. So we have to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We have to pray for the peace of Israel. We have to pray for salvation of the people in America. Pray for, you know, your sphere of influence. Pray for the people who you know, but pray for people you don't know. Don't worry about if you don't know anybody there. Pray for them anyway. Pray for the... um, Missionaries in Iran, Iraq, Syria, Cuba, Chile, wherever. Pray for salvation of men and women across America because we're going to need it. Because uh, he's coming at an hour that you think not. Remember, it just said here, it says, he's coming up, he says, for as a snare should it come upon the whole world. Huh. Just think about that. The more we study Bible prophecy, the more we go into it, the more we watch and go into studying Bible prophecy, the more we like, well, when is he coming? But then things are settling, settle down just a teeny bit, and, uh, and every time it settles down, it gets smaller and smaller between the gaps of settling down. But, but we seem, we seem to know something's going on. We seem to know it's coming. But we can't grab hold of when. We're not looking for the day and hour just trying to grab hold of when because we see the things happen across the world. We see a stock market starts to collapse in August and then it just completely stops and then it lingers around again. It's been doing that for years. Not only not years consistently, but years. It's done it every so often. Every three years, something there. I definitely know every seven years. And like I said before, the Smita doesn't mean just because that means Jonathan County got it wrong. That shows how ignorant people are. He didn't get it wrong. He never said. I've, not, I've watched this guy countless times. He's never said, I guarantee you something's going to happen September 13th. Now, if he did, show me, send me the tape. I'll believe it then. He said somewhere on and around, it could be the, the next business cycle day. Well, I would have did the same thing, the 14th. <coughs> he said it doesn't happen to happen then either. He talks really fast. It that, that doesn't have to happen there. It doesn't have to happen. Yeah, it doesn't have to happen. It didn't have to happen on the 14th. It could have happened a year from me. I remember him saying that. Okay, I think I got a problem here. Hopefully I'm still on. No, oh, here we go. Okay, so let's keep Jesus every before our faith. Let's before our face. Let's keep Jesus in our heart. Let's get closer to the Lord. Don't wait and find out when you get left behind that you have to sit there and try to figure out what happened. And why you didn't go. Don't just believe your pastor. Just because you share a couple of Facebook messages and wear a t-shirt that says, God bless America, don't mean you're saved. 
we have to go and seek the Lord's face. I'm talking to myself. We have to seek the Lord's face. We have to want the things of the Lord. We have to want the things of God. We have to want God to be first in our lives. That's when he's that's what he's coming back for. He's not coming back for a church that don't want him to come back. See, God is omnipresent, omnipotent, omnipotent. He's all knowing. So he's all knowing. He already knows your answer and how you feel. The deep prefaces of it. When somebody says, God knows my heart, I'm afraid that might come back to hunt a lot of people. Because <clears throat> when he says God knows our heart, let's see. Let's say, for instance, you you didn't know this was happening. You didn't know this happening. But let's say symbolically, God comes down and taps you on your shoulder and says, "Do you want me to come back?" And no matter how you want it to come out, it comes out true. No, I don't, Lord. I got other things to do. I have. My daughter, she's going to graduate from college, and I still got three other kids I'd like to see graduate from college. And I want to start a business, too. And I want to start a ministry to go with that business. And he turns around and taps you back on the shoulder and says, and you turn around, and then he taps you back on the shoulder, and he says, I never knew you. Depart from me. You work of iniquity. I never knew you. See, he knows if you want him to come back or not. But what if a person understands that we're in the end times, kind of like don't really watch the news, but sort of like hear maybe some of her relatives. She's still saved, though. But she was, she she wants the Lord to come back, but she's busy. She, you know, she's doing ministry work. What happens to her? I say she gets raptured. Because she she wants the Lord to come back, and she has a heart of watching. She has a heart of patience. Of, of it says, "You have kept the word of my patience." In, in Revelations thirteen ten, you've kept the word of my patience, meaning you kept the word of God regardless of what was going on in your life, the circumstances. You could have been being burned at the stake, and you still don't want to serve the Lord. You could have been, you say, well, I want to get married. I want, I want to have sex. I'm, I'm just burning inside. But you kept God's word. You kept the word of his patience. Or what if a whole office that wants to gossip about some individual other employee and you're sitting there and you don't have a smile on your face. You have kept the word of my patience. Or Someone says you did something at work that you did not do, and you knew you didn't do it, and you had confidence that the Lord was going to come through for you. You have kept the word of my patience. So therefore, I will keep you out of the time of testing that should come upon the whole world. And what did it say once again in Luke 21, 35? It should come upon the world like a snare. I'm looking out the windows, not the prettiest day in the world because we got clouds in the sky. I think clouds are pretty. <clears throat> but it could just be a normal day when all that stuff go transpire, and I don't know what's first. It's 
mm-hmm. it's fun to see it. It's fun. It's fun to watch. It's not fun for the rest of the world, but it's fun to watch. That's why we need to pray for the rest of the world. But it's still fun to watch. It's fun to an anticipation. This is heavenly stuff, folks. This is not. Oh, I'm going to go to see all the Seahawks gang with you know against the Detroit Lions on Monday Night Football. It's just a memory. After that, see, once you go to heaven, it's eternal. And everything you did for the Lord, it would be worth that time. Anything you put up with in this world, it would be worth that time. Anything that you went through, it would be worth the time. See, the the post-trippers are right, mid-trippers are right. When they say, how dare those people want to get out of here? And, you know, they're right. How dare we want to get out of here? <laughs> no, they're not. They're not right. They need some aspirin. They need they need some cipro or some type of medicine. Some people are crazy. I try out. I try. I try. I mean, I'm not. I'm not knocking nobody's. If they want to stay in the Triple H period, go far. That's fine. But when you don't believe what the Bible teaches, see, people say, "What well, if it's not in the Bible?" Well, I'm not going to sit up here and fuss with y'all. Well, and they only go to one scripture. Well, what did, oh, they got a two now. They got Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians 3 or something. I, I forgot what, what the one they, they got. They got another one in Thessalonians 1 or 2. And then they got Matthew 24. That's all they use. And they and they hyped about it. And, they, and you, you can tell, well, I ain't going to say that. That'd be mean. But you got to be kidding me, folks. They have two scriptures, but they they try to use the whole chapter, but they stop at certain points. At least the Thessalonians one, they do. It says, "Be not ignorant." It's one thing, a day to the Lord is a thousand years is a thousand years of the day. Six thousand year period. So the day of the Lord should come as a thief in the night. Now, my best measurement for the day of the Lord would be the time the start of the, the Jubilee. My best guess is that the Jubilee be the cap stalled towards going into the millennium. So in other words, this Jubilee coming up will play a big role in the coming of the Lord. So it says, so what I'm trying to do now is I'm trying to measure where the coming of the Lord is. When is the day of the Lord? If you can do that, and you remember that the seven-year tribulation period will not necessarily overlap, but it, it will start the day of the Lord. So we're looking at 3007, because remember, if it's 2000, if it's 2015, excuse me, we're looking for 2000 or 3015. If it's starting in 2015 going into 16, it will it will not necessarily overlap. The tribulation period will start with the seven years 
tribulation. So it's a day of darkness, day of gloom, it's a day of wrath. And then once the seven year tribulation is over with, then the millennium of the Lord who will reign and rule on earth for a thousand years. So the Jubilee is it, then, and this is the 120th Jubilee. Something significant will still have to happen in the next couple of days going into October. Now, does it have to happen this year? No, we can have a misunderstanding, misinterpretation. Is that going to do anybody any good? To have another year or two or three, we're getting. We're, the church is not getting stronger; it's getting beat up. I mean, it's getting people are departing from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. People are leaving the church in droves. Even got pastors leaving the church in droves. What does that say? We are in the last days of the last days, last minutes. So the Lord is coming back soon. And he has this reward with him. The word of God says judgment will begin in the house of the Lord. The judgment will begin at the rapture of the church. And the twinkle of an eye, now some of the some of the people who didn't believe that Rosh Hashanah, I mean, who was upset that Rosh Hashanah was not the time. And they think that Rosh Hashanah is going to be the time still, is going to be to next year. I don't think so. I think that no man will know the day and hour. And, and the next slide is going to come upon a lot of people as a surprise. It's going to come at a time that you think not. Maybe that's what he meant. Maybe Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, is later on for the tribulation period at the end. I don't know. But what I am trying to motivate you to understand and do and think is that the Lord knows those who are his. And he's drawing them out to be separate, to be different, to be a light and salt to the earth. So don't mistake it. The Lord is coming back soon. I'll be back. So it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Men and women eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, and they had no idea that judgment was coming until it came and swept them all away. Indifference to God. Do you remember Genesis 6 when God said, I'm going to destroy mankind whom I've created from the face of the earth because all of his thoughts are evil all the time. And it was as though God was just speaking into the wind. No one was paying any attention to him at all. And then the flood came. And today, people eating, drinking, giving in marriage, marriage, nothing wrong with those things. Nothing. It's just normal everyday activities, right? Except when they're all done with no acknowledgement of God at all. Complete indifference to God. And this rising atmosphere of secularism and atheism is astounding. Because there is a God in heaven. 
And I believe judgment has begun in the world and in this nation. But we're eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage, and I think the malls are packed and the stadiums are packed and people talking about what's happened on the latest sitcom and worried about all their entitlements, and they have no idea they're living on an abyss. And judgment is getting ready to fall. Judgment is beginning to fall. Ain't that the truth? People are so enamored by their daily life. And people live in a fantasy world. Not everybody. A lot of people do. And uh, we have to wake them up. Or else God is going to wake them up. And that was always been my fear, and I think that's what people are willing to take a chance to say, the Lord's coming back to his day, and hope, they're hoping that the Lord's coming back on that day. So people watch that video, people watch that and listen to that radio program, and they say, oh, man, I better get ready. But what if, what if God does not give any more warnings? What if the September... 13th Sunday, Smita, uh, Alu 29 date didn't happen because God was done with giving judgment. I guess I was done with giving warnings for judgment, rather. Jesus says, Watch ye therefore and pray always. That ye may be counted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. This is a special message to those who will be here at the time. Because the people back there that when he was saying that will be it wouldn't make any sense. That they're praying that they can escape something that's gonna happen two thousand years later. But they know something was going to happen in this generation. People know. People are in denial. I think the world knows more than the church does. Some people say run. Run for the church is not talking about end times. I guess I'm hard-headed because, you know, my pastor talked about end times, but I'm not going to run from this church. Some people need me. I mean, I've said things in Bible study where, you know, you know, like I told you earlier, they laughed at me, but the thing is, I'm willing to take that. At least they know that I knew. If I'm fortunate enough to vanish, and they are not fortunate enough, they stay here. There's a lot of people, folks, in the church, especially the church my size, that is suffering from pornography and addiction and masturbation and stuff like that where they need to be set free. And there's no, if there's no urgency there, how are they going to be set free? If there's no urgency to stop sleeping with your girlfriend when you're not married, or there's no urgency to, you know, understand it. I better get saved, or if I die, I'm going to be in eternity forever. Man, if, if 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 a person had a way of finding that out before they die, 
Man, what 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 difference would that make? See, we don't know anything until we die. But we won't. We know this. We know the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we and we have to take it by faith. Because if you die in your sins, the mind cannot conceive eternal damnation let alone a, a God that has no start us or has no finish, but he is the Alpha and Omega of us. See, people don't believe they're going to die until they go out on the road and they die. But really what scares me is those religious people, how shocked they would be to find out that I was not saved in the first place. I mean, the mind can't conceive the pain, the agony, the curious, even being curious in hell. Where's my husband doing now? Did he get married? I mean, where's my kids? Where, I mean, where am I? Is this hell? Or I mean, I don't. You have to sit there and recall. Lessons you might have learned. But why am I here? Have you asked yourself the question thousands of times? Pain never stops. Can't sleep. Can't eat, can't drink, can't poop, can't do nothing. I'm not making a joke of it. I'm just saying. Can't have sex. Can't can't eat some mom's apple pie. You can't do any of that stuff. But you're still in pain. Never changes. Why didn't I listen to my grandma? Why didn't I listen to the pastor? Why didn't I listen to my roommate? A lot of people have roommates over the time. We tried to tell them about Christ. I know I've shared many a times about Jesus Christ with people. But the time is coming. <clears throat> the judgment will begin in the house of the Lord. Are you ready? If you listen to this tape to this radio program and you're not saved, this is the time to do it. We're living in a time where World War Three would start and millions of people would die. Millions of people would die. Before the tribulation period even begins. Am I trying to scare you? I'm talking to you because I'm concerned. God has not given Christians the spirit of fear, true believers. But he never said, I have not given the world the spirit of fear. Let them fear. Let them come. If they're heavy laden, let them come to the Lord. He can't scare anybody into the kingdom of God. I don't know if that's true or not. 
But I know somebody needs emergency. Nobody has any urgency today. It's all going to go on for another 55,000 years. But it ain't. Find yourself back to the Lord before it's too late. Repent. Turn from your wicked ways and turn towards God and live a life pleasing to the Lord. Because the new gospel is, I don't have to turn. I'm good. I'm saved by grace, and that's it. That's all I have to do. I don't have to even go to church. And those who go to church, I don't even have to do anything in church because we're not saved by works. But see, if you love the Lord enough, you're gonna, you, if you love him, you're sold out to the Lord, you're going to do what he says in his word. Wait a minute. I'm, we don't have to do what the Lord says because... Remember, this is Galatians chapter 1. This is a new gospel. And they say, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ that saves men, that keeps them from sinning. My computer is freaking out. All that time I'm battling to keep this show going. I can always tell when the enemy is upset. I can be sitting here and all these windows can be open on my computer and nothing happens until somebody's out there listening who's important to the Lord. Don't listen. As he whispers in the air, don't listen. See, we're to watch for Christ's return, and if we're watching, sometimes you can run downstairs and say, oh, I thought that was such and such. It's not him. Let me go back upstairs. Oh, it's not her. Sometimes you can jump the gun. Is there any reason Tell your wife, were well, you crazy, woman? But I thought that was my dad. He was coming by the house. You're crazy. No, it's normal. It's normal for us to make mistakes. Thinking that our Lord was coming back, Sister Tommy didn't come. One day he will come. One day, really soon. Judgment is going to begin on the United States and the world. And I beg you, if you're listening to this program, to be ready. Because I don't know when he's coming. Could be this week, could be next week, could be November, October, November, could be next year. But it's soon. Fall in love with the Savior. If you've already been in love, you've walked away. Fall in love with the Savior. Fall in love with Jesus Christ again. Find your church. Some people say you don't go to church. You don't have to go to church to be saved. If you're obeying God, you will be going to church. 
If you sit in your living room on Sunday night, unless you have three, two or three gathered in my name, and y'all call that church, it's not a church. Just because somebody comes visit you and you have two or three gathered in your name, that's not a church. You're forsaking the gathering assemblies of yourselves. Now, if two or three of you guys are saying, okay, three guys are three, two women, one male, one male, one, two women, five women, one male, whatever. If they call that a church, then it's a church. He's just making up reasons why they cannot make a skip church. No, I'm just saying, if y'all serious about making a church, just call it a home church. If some of y'all meeting on the Internet, call it a church, it's church. But I'm just saying, if you went to a church and there was no problems there and you just decided to go to another, that's on your call. That's your call. I'm just saying, be careful how you leave a church. But if it's two, if you can get three or four people, you don't want to start a church, start a church. But the hour is coming. Where the dead will hear the voice of the Lord. And he would call it to completion. I don't know what's wrong with my computer. It's all blanked out. I can't do anything right now. So the only thing I can do is hit this button to hang up the radio program. But God bless everyone out there. Um, like I said before, this is the time to not be playing around. This is the time to call on the name of the Lord. Anyone calls on the Lord, name of the Lord and sincere about it will be saved. Just understand that the Lord is calling you out. You belong to the Lord. You live your life for the Lord daily. And we still got 45 years, you live for the Lord daily. We still got two days, live for the Lord daily. We don't know when he's coming back, but it is very, very soon. Um, it could be my last video transmission. Who knows? But God bless everybody out there. You have a wonderful day. You have been listening to The Prophecy Zone on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to check out our website at www.pzrn.org. Also, like us on Facebook at Prophecy Zone Radio News and at YouTube at Prophecy Zone. Be sure to check us out next time on the Prophecy Zone as we explore the past, observe the present, and hope for the soon future return of the Savior Jesus. God bless.